Well, joining us now on the programme is Lewisa Wall, of course, a former Silver Fern netballer, former Black Fern rugby player and Labour MP for Manurewa. Lewisa, uh, thank you so much for joining the programme. How are you doing this morning? Sure, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Now, obviously, we wanted to have a chat to you about the options facing young women athletes these days and, and how encouraging that may be and the changing landscape of that. Mm. Obviously, we'll get to that very shortly. Uh, but you were very strident yesterday in your criticism of Israel Folau and the tweets and the comments around homosexuals. Why are his comments so dangerous? His comments are incredibly dangerous because essentially what he's saying, if you're a young LGBTI person, uh, is that that identity is bad, it's wrong, uh, and you should repent, which is to denounce it because uh, if you don't, you're going to suffer for the rest of your life. Uh, Obviously in New Zealand, uh, we're 32 years now past homosexual law reform. Uh, In fact, just the other day, we've expunged the historical conviction of about a 1,000 men uh, who were caught by uh, laws that basically said uh, if you were a young gay person, you were a criminal. And so I think we live in this enlightened era where uh, we accept everybody for who they are, including their sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, But the biggest issue for me is if you're a young LGBT person, we already know through research you're four times more likely to self-harm and to attempt suicide. So uh, when people like Israel Folau with such massive influence in society, he's got over 330,000 followers on his Instagram account say what they do, uh, it actually creates a really unsafe environment for our young people. Hmm. Uh, Lewis, as as well as that... um uh, I, I kind of think like there's a lot of Christian people going, well, hang on, now we feel like we're under attack uh, for this. But I, I don't think it's quite the Christianity that's under attack here, right? Or that's so disgusting in it. It's, it's to me, it's the you're condemned to hell. That's the bit that, that I find um, sort of horrible in this. Well, exactly. And even though Israel said he was quoting from the Bible, I think what I ask him to do is to think about the influence that he has, uh, obviously the platform that he has to spread Uh, what he has to say uh, and how negative that impact is on, as I said before, particularly young LGBTI people. I mean, if if you're a minister and you say that in a church on a Sunday while you're preaching to the converted, uh, he's not preaching to the converted. He's preaching to uh, a whole lot of people, a range of people who love rugby, who love Israel. Uh, and that also includes young people who are incredibly vulnerable. Uh, they need their identity reinforced. Uh, and they need to be supported through uh, what is a harrowing journey if you're finding out that uh, you're a young gay person uh, today. Uh, And if role models like Israel don't support our young people to be who they are, then actually, you know, I think our uh, suicide statistics highlight the issues that we have as a society. He's a professional sportsman. He's paid by an employer who, of course, would now be seen to be in a tricky position here, Louisa. And we're talking about mm. Raylene Castle as chief mm. executive, but also the board of Australian rugby. How should they confront this issue from this point on? Oh, they have the policies. You know, it's pretty clear he, he breached uh, the code of conduct and he has brought the game into disrepute. Uh, they've decided not to sanction him. Uh, I guess it's pretty tricky. They want him to be there next year in uh, Japan when the next Rugby World Cup is being played. He comes off contract at the end of the year. Uh, But they have compromised themselves, and I think some of the sponsors uh, are compromised as well. Uh, Many of those corporate giants now take inclusion and diversity really seriously. 
Uh, and so all round, I think the messages have been bad. It, it basically says Israel uh, is a law unto himself and he's really special. And so we're not going to do uh, what we should do, which is adhere to our policies. Um, you know, we, we've had Israel uh, using the Twitter format to, to say what he feels. And last night, you might have missed, missed these. Uh, so I'm going to read two two tweets last night that came out from, from Brad Webber of the Chiefs and, of course, uh, was an all-back as well. I just want to read these to you, uh, Lewisa. Uh, first tweet. Kind of sick of us players staying quiet on some of this stuff. I can't stand that I have to play this game that I love with people like Falau who say who says what he's saying. And then his second one, and this is, this is the second tweet of part of that. My cousin and her partner and my auntie and her partner are some of the most kind, caring and loving people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. To think that I play against someone that says he'll go to hell, uh, says that they'll go to hell for being gay, disgusts me. So that's that's his uh, comments that I have. What what what's your your take on those? Oh, I think um, Brad's standing up for his family, uh, and also questioning, I guess, uh, the intent of uh, Israel's comments, which is for anyone who's gay to stop being gay, uh, to get over themselves, and to live. I don't know what kind of life he expects us to live. Uh, because having come out myself, it's actually, you know, it's a, it's a journey, it's a process. And at the end of the day, you have to uh, accept who you are, I believe, in life to then be able to go forward and uh, be successful in life. So if people are condemning uh, an aspect of your identity, it's a bit like people who uh, challenge people for their indigeneity. Uh, it's a very difficult road to hoe, and particularly for young people. So congratulations to Brad. Uh, I think what he's done um, is really important because uh, players' voices in this process is, is really important uh, because Israel, like everyone else, is, um, is a player who actually stands at the forefront of the game. Uh, our players have a lot of influence, so it's wonderful to see somebody come out in support of the LGBT community. Lewisa Wall with us on your Radio Sport Breakfast. Uh, now, Lewisa, of course, being a former Silver Fern and Black Ferns player yourself, if you had the choice now, we're both sports uh, semi-professional, if not professional, what would your choice be? Oh, 100% rugby. I've got to say the opportunities that are presenting themselves in the 7s and 15s games and being at the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics, uh, for me today it would be a no-brainer. I mean, I played netball uh, because it was a traditional sport, the number one sport, uh, and it was expected that I would play. Uh, I can say I played rugby and soccer before I played uh, netball, to be honest, growing up where I did in taupo. Uh But I think... Um, you're right, the options are, are far and wide and I do have to say that our uh, our Black Sticks, our women's hockey team, were outstanding and I think a, a lot of young women will be inspired by them uh, as well. So, Well, given what netball, you say, yeah. given what you say, yeah. Lewis, is this not a very good time for netball to have taken such a gut punch as they did a week ago? Mm. Oh, absolutely. I think if you compare uh, the outstanding performances of the two codes we've just spoken about, when you look at netball in comparison, uh, I think that we are all incredibly disappointed because our expectations are so high. I mean, netball has been the number one women's sport in New Zealand. I mean, by player numbers, it still is, don't get me wrong. But I think performance does matter. Uh, and I think also how players conduct themselves, their sense of unity, uh, and I just didn't feel that. And to be quite frank, uh, there needs to be some changes uh, in the people that govern the game and uh, I think in the whole coaching uh, structure of the Silver Ferns.
I was actually going to ask you, you know how they always say after things go wrong, there's always a statement that's made with ashen faces and, well, we're going to have a full investigation. I always think mm. that they're trying to basically push you away so that you try and forget about it and hope that something else happens, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so so that's kind of what, what you're thinking at the end of it. Like when, when you hear there's going to be this full investigation, what are you hoping that they will come to the come to the party and tell us when they finally release it? Well, I think they need to go back uh, to how um, Janine was selected in the first place, to be honest. Uh, they also need to look at the consequence of us not playing in the Trans-Tasman League. Uh, they do need to look at the uh, quality of our competition. Uh, they should be looking at um, specific issues like whether or not people like or players like Laura Langman uh, should be able to play in that Australian competition, a foul competition, as Yvonne Willering, Willering Con um, kind of stated last night, was more of a development league. Um, and we also should be looking at England's results, quite frankly. I mean, most of those England players are either playing uh, now in that Australian competition or playing in New Zealand. Uh, but have obviously benefited from the context of that Trans-Tasman League, which has led them uh, to beating Australia. Uh, and we're just so far down the track at the moment. Um, it's not good. But in saying that, I believe we have the raw material, the players, who, if they combined better, could absolutely uh, be back at the top of uh, the world netball kind of hierarchy. Louisa, really appreciate your thoughts this morning. Thanks for joining the Radio Sport Breakfast. Wonderful. Thank you. Kia pai tora. Thank you.